0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Kindness Chef podcast with your host Harpal Dutt and uh, the longer episodes of this series which are called Sitting With Different Experts that I will be having longer deeper interviews around the topic of kindness and exploring different recipes for you to try out wherever you are. So, hi, Whitney. So really nice to um, be with you again, Whitney Freya. So I'd like to introduce you all to Whitney. And she is somebody that beams kindness and love in all the work that she does. And she's one of the first supporters of Kindness Café, something that I created about five years ago. And we met at an event that she co-created called Creativeness Fest in Kathmandu, Nepal. And it's our five-year anniversary now. It was April 2016. So I'm really delighted that we are having this conversation now because you really have supported me, encouraged me. You've helped me on this journey to bring kindness out into the world. So, you know, I wanted you to be one of the first people that um, I get to interview. Um, And um, so Whitney, Whitney Freya on WhitneyFreya.com is an expert in inspired living. And she provides practices to free your mind from limitations and scarcity, to create more in your life that lights you up from the inside out. So welcome Whitney. So how would you describe what you do to the world um, from that definition about what you do? What is it that you do?
1: (laughs) Hey Harpal. Oh my gosh, so fun. Well, what I do really is help people to remember that we're here to live life as art that we are both the art and the artists. So I call us life artists (laughs) and it's really um, I believe reminding people that we very powerfully create our reality in each and every moment. And I also believe that we are infinite beings first, who are second having this human experience. So, you know, we chose to come down here and dance with the contrast, you know, to be raised like most of us were in very much a fear-based, rational, practical society where it was more about the individual. It was more about, you know, achieving or, you know, getting the good grades, looking good, you know, all the external stuff. And the truth is, is that, Um, the only right answer is whatever is right for you and whatever you believe you're right. And that that dramatically determines your life experience. And I really believe right now more and more that we are being given the opportunity, like this big blank canvas to truly understand and see how we create our reality. So I use the canvas as the modality. I get people painting who've never painted, who thought they could never paint, who are terrified of the blank canvas, which I seem to recall, you might've been yeah. one of those. <laughs> and um, and the thing is, is the canvas becomes a mirror where we're able to develop more self-awareness. I mean, all of life is a mirror, right? I think most people have probably heard that, You know, that your relationships, your experience in life is mirroring for you. Um, something that is going on inside or helping you to see something that's wanting to be reconciled, wanting to be loved, wanting to be forgiven. And, and usually life can dish out some pretty interesting experiences to help us come back into alignment with who we are and what we desire. And for example, you know, you might have a, a longstanding belief around um, not being able to Earn a living doing what you love, right? And so life um, may provide for you examples of people doing what they love and earning a living. It may also provide you with the opportunity to, you know, declare bankruptcy <laughs> because you're not doing what you love. And it's mirroring for you like, hey, you're experiencing bankruptcy because you're bankrupt inside because you're not investing in yourself, you're not valuing yourself, you're not treasuring. Yourself, and um, and those lessons can be tricky. You know, um, another way to look at it is we all know what it's like to get triggered, right? Yeah. So yeah. when something or someone triggers us, that trigger is again to act as a mirror. You know, so it can be a fender bender, it can be a sprained ankle, or you know, you can go down the spectrum of those things that we understand life can do. And I'm always thinking how much more fun and uh, frankly often more powerful it can be to just go to the canvas instead of waiting for life to mirror for you where you're out of alignment, you can just go to the canvas and it becomes very clear, very quickly. You know, if you're inner perfectionist or your inner critic or, you know, you start things and don't finish them or you doubt yourself, you don't want to show your work because you're afraid of being criticized or rejected. Like all of those things are, are real life things that are not just making your experience at the canvas less than satisfactory. It is helping to make life less than satisfactory for you. So we go to the canvas to see, wow, I didn't even realize how critical I was of myself. Um, And then we can be the change we want at the canvas. You know, you can practice being wild and crazy. You can practice being detail-oriented. You know, that's always my uh, my task, uh, you know, you can practice following your intuition, you can practice valuing yourself. And, and that is kind of the first layer of the painting practice I teach. And then once you understand yourself as a creator and you really integrate that truth into your bones, so to speak, then you can start to use the canvas to um, really consciously, intentionally create into your physical experience on a symbolic level first, what it is you want to experience into the art that is your life. So I work with sacred symbols um, that are resonant with the energy that you want to experience. it goes into kind of law of attraction type stuff, but it's really more reflective of who we really are. And the truth is that you are creating your reality. What you believe very much determines your life experience, what you expect right? Um, Worrying and stressing, which I mean, I've done tons, right? It's, I mean, we teach what we need to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Um, When we worry and stress, we're literally painting pictures in our mind of what we don't want. And then effectively stepping into that quote, unquote, worst case scenario, rather than being at a crossroads and a challenge. And why weren't we taught this when we were little, like when you're, you know, when you've got a problem, or you don't know what to do, tap into what you desire, like what would make you happy and then visualize that, imagine that happening. You know, Put yourself there as if it's already happened. Um, and that's just such, I think, such a better way to use your imagination instead of imagining things not working out, not having the money, not having the opportunity, not having the job, you're imagining all of those things. So let's imagine what you want. And, and that's exhausting. It's exhausting and it depletes you. It's not healthy. You get sick. It lowers your immunity. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's the human condition that was frankly never intended to be the human condition. Like we were meant to come down here and dance with the contrasts and learn from the opposites, but we weren't meant to be overcome by overpowered by the contrast, you know, as infinite beings, we weren't meant to be buried in the Density and the materialization, the physical reality of this planet. We are meant to create with it. We're here to co create, you know, heaven on earth. That's why we're here. And I'm very practical about this, right? Like, you know, let's make this real because we are human and we want you to be happy. And right now, the more energy that we have pulsing through this planet that is in the high vibration category. Um, the quicker our environment will heal, the quicker we will find world peace and, you know, there will be no hungry children and um, there will be a level of unity and harmony and interconnectedness that we have yet to experience on this planet. So I'm just here to do my part in helping us all rise above and get back on track as humanity. And
0: when you were just speaking now, Whitney, I remember I stayed with you for about a month. And I remember the feeling of um, seeing your painting surrounded around your house and the energy that creates. And I think that is a beautiful kind of feeling. And you taught me about we, we painted a dream catcher together. So you helped me to kind of face some of my fears and helped me into painting
1: and looking at my limiting beliefs. And um... let's use that as an example real quick. So, so I have a a dream catcher, you know, video three part video series um, that maybe we can link to in Mm -hmm. this. I would love to share that with people. So the dream catcher is a powerful symbol and I use it to remind you that you are your own dream catcher right? To receive the dream and catch it and own it and hold on to it and then bring it into reality. So in those Dreamcatcher paintings, which I'm sure you remember, we write the words. The, the yes. way you start any of the paintings with me is you paint the words in like I am basically experiencing my dream come true. You speak into your future, your desired future, as if it's already happened because of course in quantum physics you know and i think many other sciences probably they they understand that linear time only exists on this physical plane you know you get out of the earth's atmosphere or you know whatever they want to call it and in time it does not operate the same way and so you can literally remember your future Um, You can choose your desired future, and then the work comes in staying in alignment in coherence with that chosen future. So the paintings help you to do that. So you paint your the dreams as if they've already happened, and then you paint the symbol of the dream catcher to embody the energy of that and then you hang that in your space. And it does it it just pumps out that energy. and there's, you know, research in that book Power versus Force by Dr. David Hawkins, who did the kinesiology and the muscle testing and everything. Um, people tested strong in front of original art and weak in front of prints because original art has the energy of the artist and the brushstrokes and the intention and the, the feeling and the emotion that was present when they were painting that. So it's an exciting process, and and then of course. There's just the foundational element of the fact that when you're painting, you are creating. So you're in alignment with that creative frequency, which only knows possibility. You know, there have been studies, Matthew Fox in his book, Creativity, said it is impossible to be creative and depressed at the same time. Because creativity only knows possibility. I mean, it's the bridge that connects us to what can be. So that's a
0: beautiful quote. And relates to joy as well, actually.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So that was really helpful, actually, bringing alive the work that you do and that we've done together and we continue to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, what does um, kindness mean to you? How would you describe uh, it?
1: Yeah, so, so I always look at words like kindness as an energy, right? as a feeling. And when you look at what you experience when you're in that energy of kindness um, and it has to start with the self, right? Self-kindness first, being kind to yourself. You're not gonna be a kind person if you're not kind yeah, to yourself. Agree. <laughs> or it'll be kind of like a faux kindness. Like, oh, she's so kind. But meanwhile, <laughs> she's home like beating herself up and like, ah, oh, you know. Um, so, So for me, first and foremost, kindness is where you give yourself space to try and to fail, you know, to, just stretch into new experiences without expecting perfection or becoming an expert, you know, the first time out. Um, kindness is about understanding and, and living really in harmony with the truth of our human existence, which is one of contrasts and one where we're here to learn. We only learn when we've experienced the challenge and kind of the dark night and then come out. So if you're beating yourself up for failing, for making mistakes, for saying the wrong thing, for not being the perfect mom or worker, or whatever, you're, you're not in harmony with the truth of who you are and why you're here and how life works. You know, I mean, if any of you can... Tell me that your life has always gone exactly according to plan, <laughs> and lived up to all your initial desires, and you've been perfect at everything right from the get-go. Then, like, I want to hear, right? But most of the people I talk to have experienced trauma and and have been wounded and have been challenged and have failed and have danced, at least danced with depression and hopelessness and and the ability to be kind to yourself amidst that learning. Like, wow, I'm being really challenged right now or I am really disappointed that this didn't work out and allow yourself to be disappointed and be kind to yourself in that. Like, I'm glad I tried, at least I tried. I know so much more now than I did before. So I feel like the kindness really redirects your focus to the gifts you know that have come wrapped in sandpaper um and and it, there's i mean kindness is i mean it's like one of those things where i think of like how could you it, it's like a foundational energy it feels like you know i in my in my new book 30 days to unstoppable i talk about compassion um and and we first explore self-compassion which feels very connected to kindness yes they're like they're like sisters or cousins or something
0: (laughs) yeah it's a part of Mm self-compassion and i think that you know what you're saying is really kind of true and authentic there's a lot of people out there practicing kindness to others but they don't really they're not being very kind to themselves myself included Mm -hmm. so um i think it's a really really helpful way of defining kindness and um you know, learning how to dance with depression and loneliness and being kind, this is a practice. And if Absolutely. we do this each day, it becomes easier. It's not, it's really, really challenging, I would say without practice.
1: Absolutely. And even what you just said about, you know, people being maybe kind of superficially kind or, or not really being kind to yourself, like, can you be kind even in that realization? Like, wow, I'm human. Just you know, newsflash. I'm human. I have, I have been the perfectionist. I have been hard on myself, and I have been fake kind. You know, I've been kind so that other people would think I was kind when really, in the back of my mind, I was being critical. And then, can you be kind with yourself even then? Like, allow yourself this full spectrum of being human you know, we didn't come here to experience just a couple things. We came here to experience as much as possible. So you being able to experience that aha of, wow, like what Harpal just said about kindness makes me realize that I have been that. And then can you be kind even then to yourself?
0: Yes. So yeah, carry on.
1: Um, I think the ball was in your court.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, that's uh, thanks for bringing up your new book. So I think you've written three books now and your latest one is 30 Days to Unstoppable, Be the Dream Made Visible. Yes. Are there any highlights you'd like to share with us from your latest book and latest creative offering?
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, I wrote this book leading and I was given the process. So it was really very much a channeled experience. I mean, my other books have been around creativity and creative practices. One kind of creativity workouts you can do in an art journal and rise above for your mind when brushstroke at a time is full color, beautiful, like how we can create and choose the energy we want from the inside out and sacred symbols to paint. And it, I love that book. 30 days to unstoppable be the dream, dream made visible is a meditative journey. And it's, a teaching that I was given to help all of us remember how to care for ourselves as vibrational beings. So kindness and joy that we're talking about today are both very high vibration energies. And what I was given is very simple, right? Which teachings from spirit usually are, is when you focus on and and make a priority to cultivate the energies of like kindness and joy you are going to raise your vibrational being right we're all pretty much familiar with the fact that everything is energy right you put any of us under a microscope along with like the chair you're sitting on and everything's energy so and everything vibrates and you as a physical being have a vibration and that vibration determines much of your life experience as well as your physical well-being. Because everything exists as energy first. Everything exists as energy first, and then it materializes. So even you know, in our physical bodies, dis-ease right, is the final manifestation of an energetic uh, misalignment or dis- dissonance that's been part of your greater energetic body, probably for a long time. And when it manifests as a physical, you know, illness or injury, it's the last kind of the last stop, the last chance of finally like, okay, you didn't hear me all these other signs that you were sent that something was out of alignment and the physical disease happens to make it unavoidable for you having to deal with your energy. And of course, Western doctors don't don't tap into this. So many of us have not understood how vital it is to care for ourselves and our vibration. So I was given a a sacred geometric figure, which I'm sure most of you would recognize um, or will recognize when you see it, it's called Metatron's cube. It's um, also related to the Merkaba. It's um, it's the Merkaba is within Metatron's Cube. All of the symbols that are based on chemical makeups of all the Platonic solids is found in Metatron's Cube. Sacred geometry is this amazing unifier because it is scientifically at the foundation of matter. So you break down, you know, anything in nature, and it. Cooperates with or is um, mirroring the mathematical equations or dimensions that are symbolized by sacred geometry. So, our left brains love sacred geometry, the logical linear part of ourselves, and our right brains love sacred geometry because it proves that there is an underlying intelligent design to everything on this planet. And so, the Metatron's cube becomes a yantra, which is a visual mantra for this meditative process where you remember that you are the union of light and matter, of energy and matter, which is symbolized by the um, opposing pyramids. Um, It's also uh, represented in two-dimensional, two dimensions by the Jewish star or the six-pointed star. And so you go into a space where you are acknowledging that you are both matter and energy. You are here on earth while also animated by spirit. And then there are these six spheres, six circles that um, are encompassed at the tip of each of the six points of the star. And uh, those we call the six spheres of wellness. And each of those spheres is an energy, like joy and kindness. But the teaching I was given is When we all focus on keeping these six spheres of wellness full, and and the six spheres for me are love, compassion, courage, alignment, gratitude, and presence. So if you are prioritizing and nurturing and focusing on those energies, checking in, making sure like, whoa, I haven't been present lately, so I got to fill up that sphere of wellness or courage, I don't know if I've been courageous lately. So courage comes from the root word meaning heart, right? So follow your heart. Well, I've been doing, doing, doing for everybody else. I've been putting myself last. So it can take courage just to, you know, let the family or the business associates or whatever know like, hey, I'm checking out. I'm going to take care of myself for a couple of days. That's being courageous, right? And when you nurture these energies, you become a vehicle, a vessel, a being who is vibrating at such a high vibration that life, when life happens around you, outside of you, life has to match your energy. So what's incredible about this is I started teaching this in an online program last February 2020. And uh, and I had been promoting it, you know, all of this like what I just said, And then early in the course in February, I hopped on a Facebook Live and I said, you guys, this is like an energetic Noah's Ark. So I was very clear that this process, this unstoppable dream process was like our new 401k, our new health insurance. Like where do you find security in this mixed up transitional world? Well, you create it from the inside out and you nurture your vibrational wellness. And when you do, you can be assured because energy is such that like attracts like, right? Energy resonates and it finds harmonious energies to, to kind of attach to. So, so the Noah's Ark reference was that we build this energetic container within which we are protected so that when the outside external world you know, goes crazy, the waters are tumultuous, you are safe in this space. And I say in the book, this doesn't mean economies aren't going to crash, you know, or you're not going to lose your job, but it means that that experience has to be filtered through the energetic space, the vibration you've created so that your knee-jerk reaction becomes, well, there must be something better, you know, or this is just the kick in the butt I needed because I didn't like that job anyway, right? Or, I'm getting evicted from my house because the economy is non-existent and blah, blah, blah. But you have all these people who are like, hey, come live with me. I've got a tiny house in the backyard, You know, because you're a high vibration person and people want high vibration people around you, right? So I truly believe with all my heart and soul that when we care for ourselves as energy and come from that place first, creating with, dancing with the truth that everything is energy first, and even as it materializes it's still energy but let's care for ourselves on the energetic realm and eliminate any of the disease or you know traumas or you know deep dives into the darkness of your soul because you are focusing on high vibration energies and what we focus on expands right so and i love the analogies like i use the analogy of the garden we were talking about gardening yeah. You know, in our kind of pre-catching up um, time and, and I'm a big gardener, right? So, so the analogy is this, this unstoppable dream, this be the dream made visible, is that the ideas that you are being given, the ahas, the, the dreams, the insights, they're like, ooh, I wanna do that. Like, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? You know, when you first get it and you're so excited It's like you're a gardener being given a tomato seed, right? And that seed, that dream, that idea, that aha you just had has everything it needs. It has the entire blueprint to come to fruition and be experienced through you. And so you're like the gardener with the tomato seed. So the tomato seed has everything it needs, but it needs you to plant it in the dirt, right? Good dirt. (laughs) It needs you to water it. It needs you to trust that even though you planted it in the dirt two weeks ago and you still don't see anything above the surface, that it's there building, you know, soaking up the minerals from the earth and it, and it will punch through. And then when it does punch through the surface of the dirt, right? Like when you have a dream and you share it with a friend and then they introduce you to something, someone who's like, oh, I want to help you with that. So that's like the sprout it doesn't mean now it's gonna happen instantly. Now you keep watering it, you, know, you protect it from the elements, you give it whatever nutrients it needs. And it, over time, it will naturally grow with the inherent intelligence that that seed has. But it needs you if it's ever gonna become a beautiful caprese salad on your plate at dinner, right? So too often we've, we've thought that we have to be the seed too right? We haven't trusted or understood that the dream, that aha, that that thing that got you so excited is already like, it's already an entity. It already has everything it needs to come to fruition. It needs you to help it, you know, to co-create it into manifest form. And when you engage in that paradigm, that story, so much weight is off your shoulders You know, you can trust the journey of the dream. You know, most of our dreams don't come true in the time frame we thought they were going to. (laughs) You know, Um, they don't necessarily manifest exactly the way we thought, but that's because it's not purely ours. And so, I mean, I just, I mean, I wrote a whole book about this, right? So, I mean, we could go and go and go, but it is, um, it makes life, This, like, dance with the mystery. It takes you off the hook. It puts you back into what I firmly believe is our proper role as co creators. You know, that me, myself, is energy because I am energy, and energy is not created or destroyed, it's only transformed. So, my energy has always existed. And the part of me that is that higher wisdom that we've all tapped into at one point or another knows and has everything it needs that I need to to bring into reality these dreams that I've been given. And the higher vibration you are, the more and more you can trust that, right? So I was talking with Harpo before we started about her kindness chef and her kindness cafe. And I'm like, you were given this idea and this passion because you are a human being, a human, oh, I won't even say that yet. We'll (laughs) save that one. who is, has been captured, has been captivated by this idea of kindness and how important it is and how vital it is. And I'm sure at many points in your life, you've experienced the opposite of kindness. And so does the universe want more kindness energy on this planet right now? Hell yeah. And Harple is in perfect resonance. So she is the perfect vehicle to bring more and more kindness and help all of us to understand how accessible kindness is. And Part of the work as a human is getting out of your own way, right? Thinking that like you have to make it all happen and you have to be qualified and you have to be the expert and you have to be perfect, which you told me you've let go of a lot of that, (laughs) right? She's holding up a sign that says, life supports me. Yeah. So let the kindness cafe come through. You know, we tend to block these dreams wanting to be made visible because we're given the aha, we get all excited. And then our logical, linear, rational mind comes in that's fear-based, matter-based and is like, well, you don't have enough letters after your name. You don't have enough money in the bank. You don't have time, you're not, who's gonna listen to you? There are all these other people doing it, right? And then we go, wah, wah, you know, (laughs) and we plant the seed, but then we never water it. And then the weeds grow and then there are no tomatoes. It's not because the dream couldn't happen if you had weeded the dirt where you planted the seed and if you'd watered it and then protected it as it grew, it'll happen. Or maybe it's like, oh, okay, now I'm going to run out and weed, (laughs) get rid of the weeds and start watering my dream, right? That's the good news is the dream isn't beholden to the seasons. So even in the middle of winter, (laughs) you can tend to your dream's growth.
0: Yeah, great so, yeah. analogy about the weeds there. I think the weeds kind of block out the space and we stop yeah. seeing. So I like that example. It, chokes. it chokes
1: the dream. It chokes the tomato.
0: Yeah. And we, we, we stop the visibility. Yeah. Hidden. Things okay. Here's another,
1: here's my yeah. favorite part about the garden analogy, right? Is um, this is the other thing that happens with us humans. Um, so we can receive the dream and we actually can get the dream so close, right? Like it's right there. And then we get that self-sabotage thing. We become afraid of our greatness. As Marianne Williamson says, we get to that threshold and we're like, I can't actually show up in the world to announce this dream. Like people are going to think I'm crazy. I'm not qualified. I'm not this. And then we, And so we've got the tomatoes right there, right? Like they're ready to be picked, but we're afraid to like walk inside to the family and, and serve the tomatoes. Cause what if they don't like them? What if they don't taste good? So then we like pull out the tomatoes and be like, you know what? I really always wanted to grow our zucchini. Yeah. So I really didn't want tomatoes. Tomatoes were just, you know, Something that, that was a crazy idea. So now I'm going to plant zucchini, but I got to wait till next year. And, you know, so that's another really sneaky thing we do. That I find pretty fascinating. I know I've done it. I know I've done it. Yeah. Right. And um, so
0: this kind of probably relates to the difficulties. And why why do you think it's difficult to like, for example, for us to practice joy?
1: Well, so so even back to kindness, right? So we're, we're hard on ourselves. We're not kind to ourselves and we start holding ourselves up to this imaginary standard of what someone who's worthy of serving tomatoes to our family is. And, and we decide that we're not good enough. Right. Um, so being kind to yourself along this process, is really important, like allowing yourself to be human, allowing yourself to be imperfect. We're not meant to be perfect down here. We're meant to be perfectly imperfect, right? Um, and joy, well, joy. Ugh. So, <laughs> way to find. So, I, I kind of see joy. There are two different two different uh, prongs of joy, which prongs doesn't really feel like the right analogy, but anyway, um, there are two different ways that joy fruits in our life use the fruit analogy but so one is the joy that comes like when you're nurturing your inner child you know if you want to have more joy in your life do more things that you like to do like treat yourself whether it's a bubble bath or a lovely cup of tea or a hike up in the mountains like it doesn't have to cost money it doesn't have to be diamond studded Do something that makes you happy. Do something that brings you joy. Give yourself permission. I mean, that's been severely lacking. You know, we've been so like um, wrapped up in producing and and achieving and making our parents proud and living up to other people's expectations that it got to the point where we felt guilty just even sitting down and resting for five or 10 minutes, right? So you've got to be doing things that bring you joy. You know, if I asked... You listening, what brings you joy? Do you know what brings you joy? Like, do you like, oh, this brings me joy and this brings me joy and this brings me joy. You probably have lots of things that bring you joy, but you're not focusing on it, right? So this is the unstoppable dream process. Like focus on what brings you joy and you will experience more joy. So the other way that joy manifests which is, I think, proof that clearly there's so much more going on than our physical eyes and our rational mind can perceive, is that, and Harple, I'd love to hear um, if you have examples of this, but what I have found and observed in others is when you you rise above, when you are given one of those life challenges whether it's a disease or a breakup or someone's cheated on you or cheated you or, you know, any of these things that can really be tremendously upsetting. When you, in that challenging moment, walk your highest path, when you learn the lesson, you know, maybe we've all played the victim so many times. And then the thing happens again and you're like, oh, I'm not gonna play the victim how did I co-create this? What am I here to learn? You get in that moment, I believe such waves of joy because that's the sign that you've learned the lesson, right? That you've walked your highest path. It it naturally um, triggers that energy of joy because we're here to learn. And And when you forgive the person that you thought was unforgivable and something clicks and all of a sudden you feel compassion for that person, I guarantee the next wave will be joy. That's like the universe letting you know, like, yes, you got it. Thank you. Like, yay. It's like the cosmic celebration that's going on every time a human being transmutes fear into love, which is basically how you can sum all of that up. When you choose to operate from love rather than your habitual fear, which we all have habitual fear patterns, you will be bathed in joy. And when I first experienced that and realized what was going on, I was just like, no way. If I can find joy in learning a really challenging lesson, then like experiencing the first kind of joy, right? Where I'm just like doing things that bring me joy gonna be even easier it it just really strapped rocket boosters to my joy being
0: (laughs) so that's a little bit about how we can go towards the pain because i want to run i want to avoid it and i think the secret there is you know how can we pause how can we observe and Mm -hmm. how can we transform that moment into one where we see the light that you know to stay stay a little longer watching to see and then the joy comes. It's like when we numb and we avoid, we don't let this opportunity emerge. We stay stuck in fear. And it's, 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 a very, it's not easy. But I think the beginning is um, being open and to see that both these um, dualities, possibilities exist. Yeah. We can't be positive all the time. But, you know, there are fleeting moments of joy happening all the time. And mm-hmm. we don't see them because sometimes of this negativity bias, we have a strong focus on the negative. So really paying attention, um, perhaps comes through your the meditation practices and the art where we have
1: to stop, pay attention, become present.
0: Yeah,
1: and what you're doing, what we're doing is we're creating new neural pathways, right? Because like you said, that habitual negativity. So it's become a habit. And, and if you look up, neuroscience, we have these synapses in our brain. And whenever we have a, a long-standing belief or a pattern of thought, which we have this very deeply grooved pattern of fear of interpreting things from a place of fear, that synapse, that pathway in our brain, that neural pathway is like a super highway, <laughs> like an eight lane highway, right? Like something happens, fear, I'm not safe, like they did it to me. That's a very um, like heavily uh, fused neural pathway. And so what we want to do is we want to create another path. Like I don't want to be on this superhighway anymore. I don't want to live in fear. But that means it's like getting out the machete and clearing away the brush and digging up the surface so you can lay a new pathway. And you do that every time you focus on love not fear we can just keep it you know kind of that simple like okay how is this here to love me how can i be love in this situation rather than fear and it won't feel comfortable at first because you're bushwhacking but the more you do it the more regularly you do it even if you're in the shower thinking going through your day starting to be like can you believe so and so did that like oh okay love send them love, send them compassion, send kindness to them. Right. You are literally creating a new pattern of thought. And the more, not only are you creating a new pathway, but the less you go on that super highway, like we've seen those movies, right? Like those post-apocalyptic movies where the highways are abandoned because no one has cars. And what happens? Like the ground, the trees start growing up and breaking through that, that eight lane highway. And pretty soon it's not drivable. Like literally the, the synapses lose their charge because you haven't been charging them. You haven't been reinforcing them and gradually that charge loosens and loosens until it breaks apart. And then you no longer go into fear. So it's just like getting physically fit. You know, you, you have to go to the gym or do walk or hike or whatever you do your yoga regularly and consistently. And you will become more fit. It's the same thing with, you know, becoming kinder, becoming more joyful. You make it a priority, you reinforce it, you do things that are in alignment with that. And eventually that will be your new reality.
0: And that's a really good point. I think, you know, when we're feeling okay and we have the energy, that is the time to practice. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not when we're not feeling very good. It's really, really, really tough. So it's this regular practice building a habit, like you said, in the shower, the things we do regularly. How is this showing you know, how is this an opportunity for us to be more loving to send love and absolutely reframe the situation.
1: Well, and that's one way to do it. And then the other way is that life gets so painful that finally, you know, that quote about one day, it became more painful to stay tight in the bud than it was to bloom. Right. You know, you can do it when things are pretty good and you have the bandwidth to feed the joy or life will take you to a place where you are so fucking miserable that you finally have the motivation to change. And wake and up. You get to choose. I mean, I call that the cosmic two by four. Sometimes it's a cosmic four by four, six by six. You know, um, <laughs> I've experienced all of those. But just with this pandemic, think about it. Like, we know people that have taken the time and and chosen to believe somehow this pause, somehow losing the job, somehow all this time home alone when I'm really a social person. But this is this is good. Like, there's something here there's a gift here. I wouldn't choose it. No one would choose this pandemic again and again. Um, and I tend to believe that it's going to keep happening again and again until more of us understand how it's here to love us and that the real virus is this chronic negativity, like you said, and this attachment to fear, while why we are defending a fear-based reality is completely befuddles me. But, um, you know, there are people that have Decided to see the silver lining in this. And I'm not negating, you know, people have died and people have gone into tremendous poverty. And, um, you know, none of that is something I would wish on anybody. And even then, you still have a choice. And so, um, so this has been, I think, an amazing mirror to give us an opportunity to really understand, like, wow you know, it's like this big blank canvas. And, you know, you said how you've used it to do a lot of inner work that might not have gotten done otherwise, you know, so you could be grateful for that time. Um, There are a lot of things that we can be grateful for or understand. We look back, all of us can look back on our lives and say, that part of my life sucked, but if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't have done this or that or met so and so or whatever. Um, so, these challenges are where we learn. And when you have taken care of your vibrational well being, you can handle it. You can thrive amidst it. You can learn the lesson. You can rise above. You can choose your master path um, and heal the wound. And it will be much easier.
0: Yeah, so um, if we were to create a recipe for joy, a simple one to help people to practice, yeah, what, what, would, what would you like name the recipe?
1: Um, well, I think it would, I'm trying to think. It's like as simple as focus on joy, look for joy, expect joy. Like for example, whatever next meal you have you can, of course, we're talking about recipes, but uh-huh. something as simple, let's just, because we do this all mostly, you know, two, three times a day, right? So in your next meal, instead of being like, what's in the fridge or what? It's like, okay, what would bring me joy? What's the most joyful food or joyful experience I could have? Maybe it's independent of the food. Maybe it's like, I'm going to turn off the lights and just light a candle. hmm Or I'm going to binge watch Netflix while I watch, while I eat my dinner, you know, like if that will bring you joy, do it. But how can I create joy in this moment? How can I get to know joy? What would make me the happiest in this moment, right? Maybe it's like, Ooh, I'm going to go get my essential oils. Like I love my essential oils. So I'm going to go get my essential oils and I'm going to put them in the, the tub before I turn on the shower. Because I love lavender, and like that would bring me joy, right? Like joy doesn't have to be joy. Like I want a million dollars, or joy I lost 100 pounds, or joy I. Well, maybe not 100 pounds. You know, 20, 10 pounds. Joy I got a random check in the mail, or joy I found my soulmate. Like it can be little joy. And one of the things I talk about in the book is how energy doesn't have hierarchies. Like the joy you find in treating yourself to sitting outside to watch the sunset is just as good as the joy that comes from a surprise birthday party that all your friends throw you, right? So there's so many different ways. Look for all the ways you, life artist, can create joy. So I don't know if I came up with the title, but. I would love- I'd say
0: to. let's call it looking for joy.
1: Looking for joy,
0: yeah. And um, what, what are some of the ingredients there? So number one is we have to pay attention and look, so. Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think take, so take, you know, five parts of your everyday routine. You know, take something you do every day and add in elements that bring you joy and think of your senses right think of your five senses so would listening to music while i dot 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 bring me joy would um you know having some that dark chocolate bar that i've been like saving for the special occasion you know would that bring me joy would putting on taking the time to get out of these work clothes and go put on my comfies would, would that bring me joy right would burning some incense or, or turning on my essential oil diffuser, would that bring me joy? You know, how can I engage? The more senses you engage, the more present you become, the more present you are. You're not thinking about what happened in the past or worrying about the future. So that is going to get you way closer to joy quicker.
0: Mm-hmm. Connecting with our bodies. A lot of us spend a lot Connecting. of time in our heads. So the senses help us to be present, to be grounded in this Absolutely. moment.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And so I wanted to ask you about some, do you have any, like I was going to ask you about tips, but I think you've said to link this into something we do every day. So it could be when you go into the bathroom, perhaps, when you have a meal, what, what tip would you su- suggest?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm feeling, I'm getting, uh, <laughs> I'm getting this um, message that some of us don't feel, Worthy of joy. Right? Yeah, um, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it, and that's—I don't—I'm I don't, not even given being given any way to expand upon that. Which you all know me well enough now, even to know that I can expand on anything pretty easily. <laughs> um, you just—you won't make it a priority because it's not important enough. Because you have been told that making joy, your personal joy a priority is not valuable. It's not worth your time. It, it, no, one, no one is going, your parents aren't gonna call up and be like, I'm so proud of you. You're, you're, you're really taking time to make yourself joyful. <laughs> like, no one's gonna pat you on the back for that, right? So so your tendency is going to be not to take the actions, that will help you to connect to that feeling, that energy of joy. And I just want you to realize right now, again, there's no judgment. Like I'm always telling people, you're infinite beings, you got nothing but time. If you wanna save, you know, connecting to joy for the next lifetime, go for it. Like it's no problem, but what do you want?
0: This leads to permission, um, Whitney. So maybe this is part of the recipe, giving yourself permission. Giving yourself
1: permission, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the other thing that comes up. Um, I have an online Tara painting program. So, Green Tara is the Buddhist goddess of compassion and liberation. And um, a huge part of the teaching of Tara is like everything we do, we ask that all sentient beings benefit. And, you know, so many people have said this in so many different ways, but you making joy a priority in your life will benefit all sentient beings. If everyone on this planet made making themselves joyful as much as possible, it would be heaven on earth. Think about it. There'd be no one stealing, killing, hurting, violating, raping, pillaging, being greedy. None of that would be happening if we were all joyful. And as we know, we have to be the change we want to see in the world. So, you making it a priority to feel and radiate joy will benefit all sentient beings. And again, you know, the ripple effect, the timing, that's the logical, rational mind trying to quantify and, and make a case for taking the time to do things that bring you joy. Think of someone that you've talked to recently that raised your vibration, that made you happy how did that ripple into the rest of your day? Or it can be easier to think of the opposite. You know, think of the last time someone got you mad, you know, an email you opened up and go. Oh, you know, or some family drama that just happened. Like, how did that really make you feel heavy and way less than joyful? Lower your vibration for sometimes days, weeks. So it's the same thing with the positive. You know, by you honoring that which brings you joy in your life doesn't have to cost any money. You don't need to go out and get anything else. Um, it's it will help others, and and that's that's where we're being guided right now is to really understand how interconnected we are—the butterfly effect. I mean, we've known this for years and years, and I don't know if if the collective is you know as individuals we're waiting around. Well, let me see someone else be joy or bring me something you make me joyful <laughs> that never gonna happen you know you have to take responsibility as a life artist you create your reality and and for what it's worth I give you permission <laughs> to make joy a priority when I got divorced in 2012 the uh, Harbu knows all about this I mean it was a you know I left Seven, a 700 acre ranch and the dream house we'd built. And, um, and we looked so good from the outside, you know, and, and I just blew all that up because the energy was horrendous, you know, like it was not where I was supposed to be. It was, I've no doubt I did the right thing. And in that experience, um, I, I mean, that's why I had paintings hanging all over my house when Harpo visited, because I had to paint the energy I wanted because I was freaking out. I was scared. I was, I was being heavily criticized. And I mean, it was not a popular decision. And in that process, I dove down deep into the darkness, right? And I danced with that super low vibration and, and I learned and I reinforced my truth and my nature which is to prioritize and look for the joy the happiness you know i'd been told i was too idealistic like i expected too much and i say no <laughs> but the the point is is that it is through those experiences that we learn and and i'd often get um treated by my kids and the husband you know kind of like like, they're the victims because I'm always happy, right? That's their perception. And I would like, you know, do that whole thing and you point at your face, circled around. I'm like, this doesn't just happen. I make this a priority. I make me being happy a priority. And, you know, my kids, that's been however many years, eight years, and and my kids are doing great. And the one that, let's just say, I have one that's been learning Um, being initiated, taking back power through an eating disorder. She is so empowered right now. Emotions. Some people can talk while they cry. I can't do it. (laughs) Because we took this illness, this disease as an opportunity for her to learn and to take back power. And she has. And I told her, you've got to turn and face this and know that it's here to love you. And I know she's healing quicker and happier and more empowered today. It's only been five, six months since this all came about because we approached it from a place of high vibration and there was no victim there was complete responsibility and there was frankly like this is amazing like you are you are being given a powerful opportunity to really learn things that most people don't learn ever or they don't learn till their 30s 40s 50s you're 19 and that's amazing like i have so much respect for her And I'm so proud of her. And that was so scary. But because of this teaching and my commitment to it, we rose above, absolutely. And that's what I want for everybody because life is not easy, but it can be way easier. (laughs) It can be way easier when we understand this truth, that everything is energy you create your reality, you are creating energy, first and foremost, with your ideas, with your words, let's create more of what we want.
0: Thanks so much, Whitney. I mean, you know, I, I feel privileged to see you be so real that, you know, you share actually a lot about your daughter, you didn't have to share that. And you also let your expression be there with how you feel to express that. And this is being very vulnerable, something that I'm learning. So I think we have to get to this vulnerability as well. It's like,
1: yeah, I don't want you all to think like, oh, well, of course, because you have this happy life or whatever. It's like, uh, it's not without challenges. And I've learned that second part about joy, because I have been cheated on. I have been lied to. I have been, you know, emotionally abused. Like I've done, I've been in all those situations and And I've chosen, you know, I've chosen to honor the grief and the sadness, and then I've chosen to look at it as an opportunity to grow and learn to get to know myself better. And, um, and it's built such a confidence and a conviction, because I'm not just saying this with nothing really anchoring it. I mean, this is anchored deep down in the darkness.
0: yeah that we Um, don't all see on instagram and social media. yeah exactly and when people look at you they can see a smiley happy face and they're like oh it's easy for whitney yeah you know when we remember all the things that we faced all of us and and i think it's this when we go deep into feeling all these emotions and being vulnerable i think we can actually we can uh, appreciate joy even more yeah absolutely and, and one other point, I think you said uh, quite beautifully is actually this practice of increasing joy in your daily life, practicing self-kindness makes you a nicer person, makes you a better person to be around, uh, increases the energy of other people. And this is the connection to being kinder to others. So some people see it as being selfish, self-kindness. Yeah. But actually, I agree with you. We didn't discuss this, but I agree with what you're saying. It starts with us. Mm -hmm. and it spreads out so it's the chain effect of our energy moves on to other people and it's difficult you know you perhaps you cannot experience joy all the time you're not supposed to experience it all the time but it's to look out and pay attention and to see these fleeting moments of joy and I think actually this is more present than just feeling happiness all the time because moments of joy are there they're around us but we just have to open our eyes we need to present to them we need to feel them in our body
1: yeah yeah and the last thing that i'm i'm getting is you know like your kind self your joyful self your compassionate self that part of you absolutely exists he she is in your sphere is in your bones your dna how well do you know her How much time do you spend with your kind self, your joyful self, you know, like, it's not like, oh, that's not available to me. No, you just haven't let that part of yourself in. Think back to when you were 20 years younger. Are there parts of you that you've allowed in, you know, the parts of you that now know how to do something or have, you know, learned some life lesson. So it's the same thing. So you're just being shown uh, an aspect of you that's waiting right outside the door, knocking on the door. And and she is just as much you just as the you, you that up until now perhaps has chosen to focus on everything that is difficult in life. And that's okay because that's how we learn through contrast. So if you've experienced life as being difficult, you are absolutely meant to experience life in flow. So do not cheat yourself out of experiencing that aspect of you because she's right there.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much, Whitney. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we close this episode?
1: Um, Just that I will give Harpal the link so you guys can do the Dreamcatcher painting. And I also will also have the link. I have a free course in my online studio called the Life Artist Masterclass. And it's a journey through five symbols, five sacred symbols. Um, You don't have to paint or draw anything. You might just find yourself desiring to paint or draw because it would bring you joy. But um, it's really an opportunity for me to expand upon and answer the question, like, what do you mean, live as a life artist? So that's the life artist masterclass. So both of those are invitations for you, and um, you can comment under any of the lessons in life artist, and I get those messages. Or it's really easy. I'm the only Whitney Frey on the planet, huh? <laughs> and so, <laughs> just about anywhere you can find me and message me. So I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, thanks so much
0: for sharing, for your kindness, for bringing joy into my life. Thank you so much, Whitney. Thank you, Harpo. Thank you for spending your time to sit with us and deepen your understanding of kindness and increasing your wisdom to be kinder to yourself and others. Share with others as an act of intentional kindness and see you again soon.